Welcome to Momentum Church. I missed you guys last Sunday, and we had decided to stay home. We thought we might be traveling back from Ohio on that Sunday. We got back a little bit early, and I heard Pastor, actually I saw Pastor Tyler did an incredible job preaching last Sunday. Amen? We, we are blessed to have him as a youth pastor. It's so much fun watching our staff through the years grow and develop. And I can't wait till he'll be out preaching me in no time. Amen. And um, today I might finish his sermon. You say, it's already there. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm teasing. You love seeing your, your ministry kids, if you will, grow and just develop. And, and uh, man, so proud of you, Pastor Tyler. Keep up the great work. Um, also, I want to just invite you guys to, to, on Christmas Eve, to really go and begin to pray now about who you're going to invite, invite people to come out for Christmas Eve. That message of hope that will happen, um, people are, will readily accept an invitation during Christmas and Easter experiences. And so invite them for that Sunday or that Christmas Eve. And so I just want to include that in kind of our Christmas Eve announcements today. Invite, invite, invite. And then finally, this is a season... I'm going to, over the next couple Sundays, talk about the spirit of Christmas. And you've heard that term, spirit of something, the character of something, or the essence of something. And when I think of, if you will, the spirit of Christmas, a lot of times um, my mind goes to the idea of the spirit of generosity. Just because it's a season of giving, amen? The father of, of, of lights sent the gift, the greatest gift ever, Jesus, to us, that gift to us. And so in response to a giving God, we live a life of generosity. And one of our core values is that. It's just inspirational generosity. We want to reflect the character of who Jesus is in our earth by being generous, not just in finances, but in time and in ability. And so we have an opportunity. Um, there's a young boy, his name is, is, is um, 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 oh, my brain just totally drew a blank, Ezra King. And this little guy, Ezra King, he's only four years old, and he had a fall. Thank God he had a fall. When he fell, he went to the hospital. Going to the hospital, they discovered he had a brain tumor. And so because of that, he's going through treatment. But here's what the doctors are thinking. The doctors believe that the tumor, unless the, something happens, is going to take his eyesight. And so people are trying to um, send him to Disney World before he loses his eyesight. And an organization is going to do that. But because of COVID and their constraints with other people they're helping, they can't do it until next summer. So the Woodstock Police Department, Fire Department, and Momentum Church, we're partnering together. We want to send this family to Disney while this boy can see everything. Amen? And so you guys are always so generous. And, and, and you may say, Pastor, it's just Disney. It's not a big deal. It is to a four-year-old. Amen. And so we are generous. I know you guys are generous people. And I just want you to pray this week and next week about what you can do. And so what will happen, and, and they'll talk about it at the end of service, this Christmas tree didn't have any bulbs on it before the, the last service. And so what we're doing is for a donation, they're going to put bulbs on the tree this week and next week. And so they'll explain more of that later. But just pray what you could do for the King family, for Ezra and them. And, um, and, then, and then I want us together right now to agree in prayer for his, his healing as well. Amen. So can we just join our hands? Let's lift our hands in, in just covenant together. Lord, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you see Ezra King. You see this little guy. Lord, we ask that you would lose a divine touch, a miraculous, Lord God, a miraculous healing in that boy's life. This tumor, the things he's dealing with, 
Lord God, we speak wholeness and healing in the name of Jesus. We as a congregation, we agree together. Lord, I thank you for generous hearts to give. But Lord God, out of your abundance, Lord God, loose healing in this family. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles this morning over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And if you can see on the screen, we are going to be looking at the spirit of Christmas, or if you will, in a sense, the essence of Christmas. And when we say the spirit of Christmas, you know, your mind goes to a lot of things. And can I just be really honest with you? A lot of stuff tied up with Christmas is commercial. Isn't it true? And, and about most of us, it's kind of like, ah, it kind of gets icky. But, but, but listen, I am always a centrist. You guys know that. And so I'm going to stand over here and say, I love Jesus, and I really like Santa too. And maybe that's wrong. I, 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 I get it. I understand. I'm just, I, I don't think we have to like, you know what I'm saying? Okay? I love that it's not about presents, but Amy, get me something, woman. All right. No. Uh, <laughs> I do think we need to have balance. And our eyes need to be on Jesus through this experience, through this season. Um, but the spirit of Christmas, a lot of times your mind will think of, of what we do to create that kind of experience, you know? How many's decorated your houses? Yeah, I have, I have for the first time, lights shining on my house. I, no, I didn't hang them. I have one, bought one of those little $20 things that shines lights. <laughs> my kids came home and they're like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it is. I was waiting for them to create that. <laughs> now you have lights. <laughs> Spirit of Christmas. <laughs> Inside the house, Amy has it decorated so beautifully, you know. She had me up doing things all the last couple weeks, getting things looking nice and ready. Tonight's our staff and our, our board celebration of Christmas together at our house. So she, she's slave driving me and stuff. And Spirit of Christmas. Spirit of Christmas. It's warm and it's fuzzy, right? Kind of Spirit of Christmas, warm and fuzzy. It, joy and peace. Spirit of Christmas. Now, now sometimes there is heaviness at Christmas time, right? I mean, like, we have to understand and know that there's times people really mourn loss, like never before in the course of the year, like at Christmas time. But for the most, when it comes to this idea of the spirit of Christmas, it's warm, it's fuzzy, it's nostalgic, and so on. But there's something that's not just about the essence of Christmas when I say the spirit of Christmas. I believe there's a spirit of Christmas. And I want to talk about that today. All right. And here's the reason why. In October, if you all remember right, we were looking at the person of the Holy Spirit all through October, weren't we? The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And if you missed those series, go back and listen to uh, in the course of October all month long. We talked about the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to be honest, as I was looking to prepare Christmas sermons the next couple of weeks, my brain, I just can't get away from the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't get away from the moving of the person of the Holy Spirit. And I started looking at the story of Christmas. I started looking in scriptures, obviously Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, am I going to talk about Joseph this year? Am I going to talk about Mary? Are we going to talk about baby Jesus? How about Herod? Everybody go, boo Yeah, yeah. I mean, who are we going to talk about in a sense? And, and I have never in my ministry, it'll be 29 years in March, I've never preached a Christmas sermon or series dealing with the Holy Spirit. It's just, I don't, it just never came to me. 
And as I was looking at this, all I kept seeing was the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so in October, we talked about the Holy Spirit. I can't shake that. Everything I've been reading, everything I've been studying in my quiet time, I just feel like God isn't done with us when it comes to stirring us to a move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? On my church drive-in this morning, God just filled my heart. I just was overwhelmed by the sense of his presence. And I pray we can sense his presence in here right now. And so when I say the spirit of Christmas, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen? And here's the reason why I believe he's the spirit of Christmas. It's because the Holy Spirit's at work. When he works in our life, we begin to see the face and hands of God. Isn't that true? Think about it. All throughout scriptures, we looked in October, we looked all the way back to creation. And we saw upon a formless void earth how upon that face of the deep, the Holy Spirit began to go across the face of the deep as the hand of God, if you will. And God began to speak forth and creation began to manifest. We saw all through the Old Testament, prophet after prophet who began to represent the voice, the face, the hands of God in the earth. As they called people to repentance, as they called people to conviction, as they called people to to victory, amen? We can see all through the Old Testament, God coming upon victors, people like judges and, and, and those who would come and be deliverers as the Holy Spirit would come upon them and they would move under the unction of the Holy Spirit. The hand and power of God would show up. Amen. We can see all through the Old Testament, time and time again, the Holy Spirit would show up. And when, they, when he did, when he showed up, the face of God would show up. The Spirit of Christmas. We can see, if you will, in the New Testament, the ministry of Jesus. And as the ministry of Jesus starts to take place, people got a glimpse of the face and hands of God, if you will. A woman, she is thrown down in the street. She's going to be stoned to death, right? Because that's what religion demanded in that moment. But Jesus, under the power of the Holy Spirit, comes and begins to minister to her. And in doing so, that woman saw the favor, the face and hands of God. Isn't that awesome? Then Jesus takes that ministry and begins to give it to his disciples. And the disciples that Jesus had around him 2,000 years ago, he not only breathed upon them as they ministered, later he infilled them in the, 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 in, the, in, the, in the upper room, and they went forth and did ministry so that people would see the hands. Ever see the hands and face of God? Amen. And guess what? I'm looking at a room full of disciples 2,000 years later, and the Holy Spirit still wants to birth something in us. Why? So the world can see the hands and face of God. Amen? That's the spirit of Christmas. The spirit, the Holy Spirit that comes and does a work in such a powerful way that we get to see the hands and face of God. Can we stand to our feet? I want to read a passage of scripture. I love to honor God's word as we stand to our feet, at least for this first passage. So what does the Holy Spirit play? What part does he play in the Christmas story? Let me say it this way. The focus of Christmas is the birth of Jesus, unequivocally, right? The birth of Jesus. But the power that brought forth that great gift is the Holy Spirit. And so here's what we see. It's eight days after the birth of Jesus, and they were going to bring Jesus to the temple to be seen, to be physically actually named, to be circumcised, 
And in that moment of coming to the temple, God had been preparing somebody who had been anxiously awaiting to see the face and hands of God his whole life. This man's name Simeon. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, waiting for the peace that would come upon the nation. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The what? The Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. And it had been revealed to him by the? Yeah, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. You see that? There was something he was hoping for, believing for. And God had given him a promise. And he felt and believed in his spirit. He would not see death until he saw that promise fulfilled. Until he saw the hands and feet, face of God, literally through this child, through the Messiah. And he came in the spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Is that good? There's some things you're dying to see. Amen? There's some things you're hoping. I hope my eyes can see this before I check out of Maybe it's the idea that I hope before I experience too much loss, I see a victory. I, I hope before there's too much pain, I see a miracle. I hope before Simeon, he was hoping for this consolation to come. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. For the Jew and the Gentile alike. For, 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 the, for the, the people of all different backgrounds, all different colors, all different races, all different religions, all different. He has come for us is what he's saying here. And I love this. It says, <clears throat> for my eyes have seen your salvation. I know you're still standing. I always tell you, I have to stand the whole time, two times, two services. So, My eyes have seen salvation. That word salvation in the Greek doesn't just mean you get to not have to go to hell. That word salvation in the Greek, man, it means your healing, Kyle. Josh, it means your deliverance. Amen. Victor, it means your, 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 your hope. It means your, everything that we, it's, it's, it's the Greek equivalent of the word shalom. It's, it's everything that gives us peace from God is at our disposal. Amen? And this man, his whole life, he's just been waiting for this moment. And the Spirit of God directed him and led him to this point that he could see the hands and face of God. Jesus, I ask over the next few minutes, that you would allow us to live in such a way <clears throat> that your spirit does a work in us, that we might see your hands and your face. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. You can go ahead and have your seats. <clears throat> so Simeon, some of these promises, some of these things that he may have heard as they were studying scriptures of old. He would have come across, I believe, this passage, Isaiah 11, 1 through 2. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Jesse was King David's daddy, but Jesus' great, 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 great granddaddy. Okay? And so we can see there's this promise, this one is coming, but it gives something about this one. Listen, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of 
the Lord. God's Holy Spirit is going to come upon this one. And we have to understand that Jesus in the womb, 100% man, 100% God, all right? Like nothing this world's ever experienced or ever will, okay? But in this moment, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon him. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus, you see all these benefits that start to take place. And so literally, Jesus born into this world, Jesus literally becomes the face of God seen by men. Amen? Scripture even tells us he is called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And so the face of God, the hands of God, seen of men, that's who Jesus is. Amen. That's why he came. And the Holy Spirit is the one who caused this to be. I'll show you that here in a second. All right. The Holy Spirit did a work in Mary's life that literally allowed people to be able to see the face of God. The Holy Spirit, I believe, his work in your life. His work in my life still allows people to see the face of God. Now, in the Old Testament, as you look at Scripture, if you ever see anything referring to the face, the face is equivalent to the favor of someone. If I don't look at you with favor, I would look down, I would disdain you. But I look in your face because there's favor between me and you. God, in Scripture, you'll see, lift up your head and the face of the Lord will shine upon you, okay? So he is the glory and the lifter of your head. He lifts your head up and he looks at you face to face. Whew. That woman that was an adulterer, adulteress, about to be stoned in the street. And the face of God looked at her. Can you get that? The face of God. Honey, everybody else will disdain you. But look at me. And he looks at him. Y'all. Whoever has no sin, you cast the first stone. And he looks at her and he says, go and sin no more. She got to see the face of God. She got to see favor. But, but, but was she an adulteress? Yeah, because favor ain't ever fair. That's what grace is about, amen? But the Holy Spirit did a work in Mary that brought forth Jesus in such a way that he could be the face. He is God all by himself. But he could be the face and hands of a God, of a world that could see God. For themselves. She got to see God in that moment. Amen. Amen. Give God some praise. That may not bless you, but that's blessing the socks out of me. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit works in our life too, so that people can see the face of God. Now, watch this. This little virgin girl, God begins to do a work in her. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, and I'm going to come back to this in a little bit. She says to the angel, how can this be? Everybody say, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of, of God. So within her, this birthing is going to take place. It allows people to see, see God all by himself. It allows people to see the Son of God. It allows people to see the hands and the face of God for themselves. Why? Because the Holy Spirit causes Jesus to be alive in the womb of Mary. Can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit still causes Jesus to be alive in our lives. Amen? 
It's the Holy Spirit at work that, that causes us to recognize and know Jesus is present within us. And, and I love that because it changes everything when the Spirit of God causes Jesus to be alive in us. It changes everything. I was with some people not too long ago, and, and a guy says to me, he just says out of the blue, he goes, you know, he's kind of a new acquaintance, and he says to me, he goes, I really don't get into religion much. That's how he said it. I don't get into religion much. And, you know, I figured to myself, he's saying this in such a way, he wants a rise. He wants me to say something, you know. It's like, well, you filthy, sinful, heathen dog. No, I didn't, I didn't say It wasn't my mother-in-law saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, he says that, and you know what my response was? Well, you know what? I, am, I, I agree with you. I don't like religion either. I'm not about religion. I'm all about <laughs> your pithy, pat, little, cute Christianese. I just love that. And we've all said it, haven't we? And we, and we were so proud of ourselves. Like, I was just so proud of me because they said religion. And I was like, I'm not, I don't like religion. I like relationship. <laughs> Look how, look how good I am, you know. But the Lord really checked me because I was about to say that because that's what we say, right? But I thought, no, I'm not just about relationship. I'm about this one who his face and his hands changed my family. So with as much composure as I could muster in that moment, I said to him, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm with you, man. I hate religion too. You know, here's the thing about me and Jesus is my dad was a mess before Jesus changed my dad's life. And, and, and before that, I lived in fear and torment. And I'm not going to go through all the details because that's not who my, my father is. My pop is a whole different man now. Amen? I didn't go through all the details. But he said before that, I lived in fear and torment. Before that, it was hell on earth. He was hell on wheels. You know, they asked, is he drunk? No, no, he wasn't. He was sober and mean, you know. But what happened was my dad came into a relationship with Jesus, and we saw our family changed. And I said, when somebody changes your family like that, you just want to serve them the rest of your life. And so when I was 10 years old, I was like, God, I want to be a preacher because I want to introduce people to the one that changed my family like that. Amen. So, yes, I said relationship. Because the relationship with Jesus changed my family. But can I be honest with you? It was a relationship with the power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't want to muddle the waters with him, okay? Because the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus, always. And I didn't want to muddle the waters with him. But I do want you to understand the bigger story. You ready for the Paul Harvey thing? So, Daddy, he gets saved. Before I was even born, he come to Jesus. But he was just meaner than snot most of my young childhood, okay? Just being honest. He ends up at a revival service, and the power of the Holy Spirit knocks my dad down. Now, you may believe that, you may not, but my dad was a violent man, but God, whew, he's a little more violent. <laughs> Put my dad down for a couple hours. And people will say, well, why, why was he out under the Spirit? Why, why did he fall down? Because he couldn't stand up. And he needed that, all right? And so here's what happens. Life starts to change. The power of the Holy Spirit starts to cause the face in the hands of God to get involved in my dad's life and started to change my dad. Now, he had been a believer for a long time. Do you realize he went to church? I won't say what background. Do you realize he taught Sunday school? Everybody thought he was perfect, right? 
But the power of Christ wasn't alive in him yet. Professing, but just not there yet. I'm not saying he wasn't saved, but there was victory that still needed to be birthed in his life. Long story short, they're at that service. God does a work in them. They get excited about Jesus, a living Jesus. And they start to go back to services. They get in the word. They're going after God like crazy. Other signs, wonders, miracles, all this stuff starts to happen in their life. He starts to change, and I get a new dad. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Here's what's sad. Was asked to leave being the school, Sunday school teacher. You're just you're, Because of his pressing into the things of the Holy Spirit. Eventually was asked, they were given, my mom and dad were given the left foot of fellowship from the church. You know, the right hand of fellowship? There's a left foot of, they were asked to leave. Eventually, I went to a school by that name, okay? Again, I'm not going to say the name. I went to a school, and in fourth grade was asked to leave, you know? Now, I was asked to leave because I was a fighter. That's a whole other story. (laughs) When When you're raised mean, you become a little mean, okay? God delivered me. Shut up. I'll punch you in the throat. <laughs> but that whole year, my ten, when I was 10, my whole fourth grade year, man, the teacher would say, your daddy's starting to teach the doctrines of demons. She would tell me that. Your daddy's playing with the devil. Because he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he had a prayer language. I can remember the last time my dad whooped me so bad, and he stopped in the middle of it. And he went to his room. And I can hear him through the door. As he was praying in the Holy Ghost, and that's weird, I get it. But the Holy Spirit did something to my dad that birthed the hands and face of God that could not be denied by this son. He could have preached Jesus and professed Jesus and all that stuff all those years and stayed the same. But the Holy Spirit birthed a Jesus that was alive in my dad and allowed me to see the hands and face of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, you've got some praise. Amen? So I say all that to say Jesus changed my family. This Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas, came and birthed something in my family that was a living Jesus that allowed us to see the hands and face of God. Talking about family, can we go back to Mary? Because God, the Holy Spirit started doing a work in Mary's family too. Watch this. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren she couldn't have a baby and god placed within her the seed of zachariah her husband and watched out over that seed and allowed john to be born who would later be called john the baptist why verse 37 for nothing will be impossible with god when god's hand and face shows up when his favor shows up nothing's impossible Now, remember earlier I was saying when Mary started thinking of the impossible, what did she say? How can this be? And there may be some in this room right now, there's things in your life and you're saying, Ross, I don't, how can this be? How can things turn around? How can there be a miracle? How can, I want you to catch what Mary said in verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. Amen? It's the Holy Spirit. Spirit of Christmas. He's all over this story. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And Gabriel departed. In other words, she trusted the Holy Spirit to handle what was coming upon her. She trusted the Holy Spirit. Let it be according to you. And there may be some things in your life where Jesus is trying to come alive, if you will, in your life to show his hand, to show his favor, his hands, his power, his faces, his favor, to show those things in your life. And you may be like, but I don't want to change those things. Why not? The Holy Spirit's trying to do something. Change those things. My dad gave them to the Lord, and the Lord began to change those things. It may be something that you need to stop. That's all right. Let the Holy Spirit come alive in you. And let Jesus begin to stop those things. It may be something you need to start. It may be that you struggle with doubt and disbelief. And most of the time, that doubt and disbelief, it's not that you don't believe God can. You just don't believe he would do it for you. And just like Mary, how can this be? I can tell you how it can be. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. And the Holy Spirit wants to overshadow you. Amen? And in doing so, Jesus is birthed in a sense. He is made to be alive in us, and we get to see the hands and the face of God. Because I believe he still comes upon people today. I believe the Holy Spirit is still coming. And I have an expectation as a church that in 2021, we're going to see the Holy Spirit come upon us in a very significant, beautiful way. I don't understand all of that. I just think it's not an accident that your pastor can't shake the Holy Spirit right now. I just can't. I just can't. Sh- I just, I feel like I just don't want to rush past. This isn't something we're just visiting. This, God wants to do something in us where we're submitted to his leadership. We're submitted to the Holy Spirit, and he's working, his, his, he's working Jesus in and out of us. And so I don't know. You know, every year I always have a word for the year. I don't know what the year word is for 2021, but I know there's something there God's showing me. A little, it's just starting to take shape. The Holy Spirit wants to do something in us that causes us to look and be like Jesus, that causes us to be the hands and face of God in the earth. And so she said to the Holy Spirit, or to to Gabriel, may it be unto me according to your word. I want to be people like that. Amen? People like that grow. This has been the year of discipleship and development. Amen? But people that say, may it be unto me according to your word, (laughs) those kinds of people, they grow. But but may it be unto me according to your word. But God, I'm, I'm like the adulteress. I'm weak. I don't know how to do right. That's all right. He'll show his favor. He'll show his hand. May it be unto me according to your word. That's where it starts. Luke 1, 41 through 44. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, John the Baptist. Okay, it wasn't John the Baptist yet. That would have been really weird if John the Baptist was in her womb. The baby, who would be John the Baptist, sorry, leaped in. I'm picturing this full-size guy being born, wearing camel clothes and eating locusts, crying like a reed, shaking in the wilderness. Come out! No, I'm sorry. So the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see that? And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She says this to Mary. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why has this word come to me? She doubts herself. Often we discount ourselves, and we doubt that God has a desire to move in our lives. Elizabeth, that's how she was. Why would you even visit me? Why would this, 
Don't doubt that the Holy Spirit wants to have a move in your life, that he wants to do something in and through your life powerfully and significantly. 44, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. In Luke 1, it prophesies about this baby coming, and it says of John, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. So this child inside Elizabeth, it leaps at the joy of the Savior that's to be born. Does that sound like hope? I mean, like within the womb, something was happening to where it leaped for joy. And man, we have faced so much in 2020. And I just want to let you know the spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit wants to come. And I pray today he starts to put faith back in you. And as something starts to stir deep down in the womb of your, of your being, and you just start to feel something leaping for joy inside. My promise is coming. My hope is coming. My joy is coming. My peace is coming. Something would start to leap. My restoration is coming. My miracle is coming. Something would start to leap. Something would start to stir. Not because the preacher's getting louder. Because that's what preachers will do. Come on, somebody. No, but because the Holy Spirit is making that alive in you. You hear me often in this pulpit say, I can't preach this good enough. Jesus, I can't preach this good enough. Let your Holy Spirit fill us with hope. Fill us with that sense of that leaping of joy and anticipation that the face and the hands of God are going to show up in our situation today. I'm not going to do what I did in the first service. I blew my nose right in the microphone. I don't remember when it was, but I just got it carried away, and it was horrible. I'll just, I'll just do that. I'm praying that maybe something's leaping in your spirit even right now. What's leaping? What's leaping in your spirit right now, you know? He leaped at the revelation of the joy of Christ, his Savior, who was to be born. I don't think it's an accident because his daddy, before he was even formed in his mama's womb, was prophesying. God has started doing a work in Zechariah by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to close with this. Verse 67 of chapter 1, Luke. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, now he's speaking of Jesus. Now listen, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember this holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. God is raising up a horn of salvation. Pastor, I don't know what that means. When Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, he was proving his allegiance, if you will, to God. God in his love would not allow that to happen. And he stopped, and he caused there to be a ram in the thicket, a substitute. And that ram in the thicket that could be sacrificed, its horn was stuck. You, know, you want to understand why Jewish people use the shofar? This is the symbolism of the horn of salvation. The horn was stuck in the thicket. And so now the animal is taken, and it becomes the sacrifice. Just like Jesus becomes a sacrifice for us, he becomes our horn of salvation. Amen? And so this is a prophecy speaking of Jesus. It's tying the past of their history, all the prophecies of old. In other words, all the stuff you've heard about God, all the stuff that you, I want to believe this, I just don't know. I get that. When the Holy Spirit moves on you, you start to know. I can't explain it. An unction comes. 
In the gifts, it would be called the gift of faith. The gift of faith rises up. And it's not you mustering belief. It's the Holy Spirit doing something like in Zechariah's time. Holy Spirit coming and saying, I'm going to have a son. Holy Spirit coming and saying, there's going to be a Messiah born. And the Messiah will be the, the, the horn of salvation to our people. And he will redeem us even more so that we should remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. This oath of relationship. This oath that we are his people. This oath that wherever Abraham went and put his souls, God was giving him the land. Wherever you go with God, God's giving you the land. It's a beautiful oath. And we don't have time today to talk all about Abraham's oath, but, but powerful. All I'm saying is that's the message of Christmas. That's the me- that, this idea of the spirit of Christmas, the message of Christmas is that Christ the Savior is born. Yes, that's the message. But the Holy Spirit brings power to that message. And you may profess a message from your lips. I am a child of God. I believe in Jesus and I am saved. And that's a powerful message, okay? But guess what empowers that message? The moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Don't stop with just being satisfied with baby Jesus in a manger. Let him be king in your life. And to let him be king means the Holy Spirit has to move in and stir and do his work in us. And when that happens... People see the face and the hands of God. So we see in this sermon today, Zechariah prophesying because he was touched by the Holy Spirit. We can see Elizabeth and John both being filled with the Holy Spirit. We see Mary as the Holy Spirit comes upon her. We see Simeon as he thinks of old prophecies and just longs that God would show up in his day. Can I tell you, Jesus is... Jesus has shown up in our day. The Holy Spirit causes Jesus to show up in our day. How can we go through Christmas or life in general just passe, casual? Jesus has shown up. The hands and face of God are present. The Holy Spirit does that in our lives. And so let's let the Holy Spirit reveal Jesus in us in such a way that people can see the hands and face of God. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Think about that area of your life, the thing in your life that you're just going, Lord, I want submitted to your leadership. Lord, I I want my family, like Elizabeth and Mary and Zechariah and John and Jesus, I want my family to be so touched by the person of the Holy Spirit that people can see the hands and face of God over everything. And if there's something you feel like is standing in the way, I know there's something in my life, I'm gonna put my hand up right now, amen? If there's something for you that you're saying, Lord, I'm giving this to you, I want you to have your power in my life. Take care of this area. Do work in this area. And it could be just doubt. It could be sin. It could, whatever it is. But Lord, birth in me Jesus alive and anew in such a way that people see the hands and face of God. If that's you, hold up your hand. Let the Holy Spirit reveal Jesus in you. Lord, right now, we ask the Holy Spirit would reveal Jesus in us so powerfully that people can see your face for themselves. Lord God, I ask that we'd have a holy stirring in our lives. Not just the essence of joy and peace and celebration and nostalgia here at the Christmas season, but the true spirit of Christmas that would allow us to have a sense of anticipation that you are birthing something in us that allows Jesus to be seen, the face and hands of God to be seen in greater measure in us 
and through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give God some praise. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.